Hi, everybody. It's Nick. Just giving you a heads up. Normally, at the end of our podcast, if I've got anything funny to use, we have some outtakes or something silly like that. Today, we actually have something different. One of the games that we talk about has a fairly convoluted plot, and a couple of us have some theories on what exactly it means. But we didn't want to spoil it too much, so we actually put most of that section at the end after the end credits. And we do talk about this a little bit during the podcast, so you'll know what's coming up. But I, I just thought I would put some extra notice here at the beginning so that you remember to stick around if that's the kind of thing that you want to hear us talk about. So, without further ado, here is our show. This is the Homebrew Game Club, a podcast about modern, brand new aftermarket games for retro consoles. On this podcast, we pick one game a month to play and talk about, except the months when we pick two. <laughs> That's right. Today we're doing two games. We're doing Traumatarium and Phobos Dare for the Game Boy. And jo- <laughs> my name is Nick, also known as Diverdov, and joining me today are. My name is Bart, also known as Clever Username Needed. Welcome to the Panera of Podcasts, where we pick two. Hey! <laughs> I am Connor Nash, also known as C-O-N-O-R-N-A-S-H on Twitter. I am spooktacularly excited for this. Spooktacularly. All right. Guys, before we get started today, I would like to remind everyone that on this podcast, we believe in honest opinions, but... We also understand that many of these games are not made by professionals. They are labors of love. Also, as a note to our listeners, we are not game developers ourselves. We are just fans. So please keep that in mind as we offer up any criticisms of these games. So guys, uh, we talked about this in, in Deadass a little bit, but there are a hell of a lot of spooky games on the Game Boy. There are so many damn spooky homebrew games now. It could be its own subgenre. I'm I'm not kidding when I say we could do our own podcast about spooky Game Boy games and just do one of those every month. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I there I, I don't exactly know why this is. MT had some theories about this on Discord. His suggestion was that something about the platform is better for like narrative games versus kind of reflex action games, probably having to do with the display. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and also, like this, especially like this kind of game, the the top down thing, like we're going to talk about with Phobos Dare is, uh, and also with Dead AS and that kind of thing. That was the original GB Studio genre, I believe. Was that kind of like Pokemon? You know, as I said with the Dead AS, with that style of game, and I think with the Game Boy in general, there's something about it that is just, it's very kind of innocent and childlike. You know, there's something about the the console that feels like a toy. And my theory is that creators are kind of drawn to that aspect of it, and they like juxtaposing that with the creepy stuff, you know. And and as I said, and and Dead AS, I think your your brain fills in way much more creepy stuff, way better than anything anybody can present in the game. So you know, you have this like really low res abstract digital art, and you don't need it to be super 
high resolution because it's whatever whatever you're looking at your your imagination is going to make it way more creepy than anything any any artist could show you yeah yeah that's why i feel like uh the blair witch project is one of the scariest movies i've ever seen because nothing happens on screen it's all in your head right and 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 that's how i can tell when i talk to a person that's creative or not (laughs) it's like if they're like oh blair witch project that was stupid Okay. All right. I, I see where you're coming from. You know, but you talk to somebody that's like, man, that was like the scariest movie ever because they're they're making it scary in their own head. Now, cue Nick to say, oh, that movie sucked. <laughs> Just looking at Connor here. <laughs> uh, it might have been mentioned on Discord too, but um, the, the idea that the Game Boy is kind of self-contained as well. Right. So any like spooky effects that you have can be like this idea that the you know that you're holding something that is kind of haunted, or you can like identify this is the haunted thing. It's not like a haunted scar cable or something going into your TV. Like it's it's like this is the thing that's haunted, and um, and then you know just further to that, then like yeah, like you were saying about it being readable, but it's also like the screen is kind of like set up for being really hard to read and really easy to make look glitchy and stuff. So I don't know. I think there's there's some elements of the Game Boy form factor and the way that it's made that also kind of endears it to spooky people. I want to play a game about a haunted scart cable. Right? <laughs> it was the 21-pin connector of death. <laughs> You go to the haunted tech store and get the, I, I need a SCART cable. It's like, oh, we've only got one of those left, but you don't want that cable. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that one's been here since I opened the store. It's like, it's the cables like wrapped in skin or something. It's like really obviously <laughs> like made thousands of years ago. You're like, oh, this sounds good for my cable. You get the best video quality you've ever seen, but you'll pay for it with your soul. <laughs> Okay, anyway, <laughs> so we got two games here. Uh, we decided to do two because they're both pretty short. So I, I there's so many of these horror games on Game Boy, and I, I figured we we could knock out two for the Halloween episode. And, uh, you know, we just kind of, I, I think this would be a fun thing to do just like every year, you know, around this time, because there's this its own genre. Pick one or two of these games and play through them, and that'll be our, uh, our thing to do every October, right? Sounds so. good to be. So, yeah, we have two games. The first of these games is Traumatarium for the Game Boy, developed by, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, Eligos? Eligos Games? Something like that. E-L-I-G-O-S. So this uh, developer has a couple other games on itch. They're both Game Boy Horror. As far as I can tell, this, this is the third game that he put up there. It is available for free on itch, but I recommend there's a $3 version where you can, it's a deluxe version where you can get the manual. So there's a, I did, I, I've been watching this develop, uh, for a while on Twitter and it looked super interesting. And, and this, um, this guy came out with, it was a physical release for this game. It was a very limited physical release of 45 copies in a really nice little small cardboard case. It's got a glow in the dark cartridge shell with a really cool printed PCB and these things came up for sale, and I'm like, man, I got to jump on that. So I did get one. I think they sold out like within, definitely within like the first 24 hours, but it might have been the first couple hours. I can't remember, but man, they were uh, they're really cool. I got it, and uh, that's that's actually how I played the game was on that cart. There was a really nice article on GB Studio Central where he talks about 
how he made this game after his dog passed away. Mm. So this was like his creative outlet for dealing with the loss of his dog. So yeah, the, the, the game is dedicated to Sid, Sid the dog. So RIP Sid. So guys, what kind of game is this? Who wants to describe it? It is, if you guys, am I going to like age myself horribly? There used to be this thing called the choose your own adventure book where you would open a book and on the page you would read, you are in a dungeon. You have just walked into a monster. Roll your dice, which were supplied with the book, and the dice would roll, and depending on what the dice roll showed you, it would say turn to a different page in the book. It's that kind of idea, but in a Game Boy game. So it's a it's a narrative story where there's some element of chance, and depending on how the look goes for you, you get a different story each time. Interesting. I've never had dice supplied with a choose-your-own-adventure book uh, as a yeah, child. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's yeah, cool. that was that was pretty cool. I, I had a couple of those when I was growing up. And sometimes the dice would be like special. They would have like instead of just the numbers one to six, you'd have like the pictures of different monsters. Oh. So it would be like if you got a bat, then you, you know, go to this page. If you got a skeleton skeleton skeleton? Skeleton? Skeleton. Then go oh, to this other page. And I was terrible at these games because I just wanted to read the whole thing. I would just go down every path and just like make right. the whole tree of everything. But it was a great idea. And you did get some kind of tension because like sometimes you had like a hit counter that you had to like kind of keep track of and stuff. But it was literally just a book. It was just a book and you you, you made the whole dungeon and the whole adventure in your head. And I think that that's what this, this is. is. Wow, this is, so this is like a Dungeons and Dragons book that you're talking about. Yeah, but it's not like. I'm thinking of. Because when I when I read the, the choose your own adventure stuff, like you you just you just put your thumb in the page, and then you'd flip ahead and read whatever part, and then you'd go back and and read the part that you skipped, right? Yeah, and, and that's how you played it. Mm-hmm. But the the idea of like rolling a dice and, it, and like introducing randomness in it, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. I envision this game to be very close to. I'm gonna do a movie comparison here in the movie Big with Tom Hanks. He's tasked with coming up with a new toy and him and his girlfriend come up with like an electronic comic book. And when I was a kid watching that movie, I was like, that would be awesome. And this is probably as close to what I think (laughs) he was going for. Cause it feels like you're playing a comic book. Really? It's, um, Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's, I like that. Yeah. It's very, very interesting, but I mean, yeah, I like what you said earlier about it. Um, the, the box art, that's one of the things that I really liked about the game and the instruction manual is that it looks like, you know, it, it, the box and the instruction manual, if you look at the PDF, it looks like it's worn out and old. Yes. And it almost looks like something that you would, you like found some forgotten game. It was like in a box in your basement and like, I don't remember buying this. What's this? And you take it out of the box and it's like, oh, it looks old. I'm going to play this in my Game Boy. And then it's, you're playing this game. It just has like this. Yeah. The whole thing around around the entire game it's just it's really cool the um the yeah. artwork and the yeah it's it's really awesome well even on the title screen i think i think it says copyright 1992 it does yeah it's really i was always thinking about that like did they make the idea in 92 and they're just now getting around to it or you know i believe phobos dare does the same thing does it so <laughs> yeah well so to describe it in game tropes i would say it's it's a dungeon crawler yeah but it is like a super simplified version of a dungeon crawler. So you have four dungeons that you can enter before you can enter the final fifth dungeon. Each dungeon is a randomized series of 10 screens. 
And every screen is its own event. And sometimes you get a choice, and sometimes it's an inter- enemy encounter. Like the choice is you might have like a fountain, you know, and it'll say, Do you want to drink from the fountain? And you're like, Wow, this gleaming red fountain in a dungeon. Should I drink from that? You know, and uh, I, I mean, sure, why not? I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, um, <laughs> You know, and then you just have to live with whatever consequences you get, which uh, sometimes are positive because it's a magic dungeon, right? So, and then other times you just, uh, you have an enemy and, you know, you have to fight the enemy. The fights are also very simplified. They're kind of like a, you know, like they're, they're that kind of JRPG Pokemon style. The the boss is up in the corner, you're down in the, the bottom and you each have a status bar, but it is, it is also extremely simplified. You don't have any numbers on the screen. You only have two options. You can you can fight or you can use an item. And the only items you can use are bandages and potions that raise your HP, or you can eat food, which raises your vitality. So yeah, you have two status bars throughout the entire game. You have health and vitality. Your your health is just your standard HP. Your vitality goes down as you progress through the dungeons, which you raise by eating food. I am not entirely sure what vitality does. Well, in the instruction manual, it says some enemies take your vitality instead of your health. Right. So I haven't figured out which enemies do that because your vitality is not its not on the screen while you're playing. Like The only way you can see it is to go into the eat food option, I think. Well, you you press the start menu and it'll bring up the it'll bring up your stats. So the only thing I could figure out was that I had a suspicion, but I couldn't prove it, that if your vitality is zero, you take more damage when somebody attacks you. I think that's right, and you do less damage. And you do right. less damage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. What I what I would do is uh, I would generally ignore it until I got to the boss fight, yes. and then right before the boss fight, I would tank up on food. Yes. And then go into the boss fight, and I could do more damage that way, and I would I would take less damage. How are you tanking up on food? I would save my food until I got to the the, the ninth room. Yeah, the ninth, that's exactly because you can't do it in the boss room because then the boss is going to jump on you. No, you can't. Yeah, you cannot do it in the boss room because as soon as you walk into the boss room, the the boss is like, "Bitch, get over here!" Yeah, the boss is all over you. Okay, so maybe I'm playing the game wrong, but can't you only take one food at a time? No. Yeah, but what you do is you. So it's it, well, the, oh, right, right, right. I know exactly what you're going. This with is important. This. So it's either like room eight or room nine, right? And what the game will sometimes do is give you an easier enemy, like an enemy that's kind of like you could kill pretty straightforwardly. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you go into the menu multiple times because every time you're right, like every time you sure. take a bandage or take some food, it pops you back out to the battle. What I did was I would like have this really weak enemy in front of me. I'd be like, okay, quick, just fucking stuff my face and I'm taking damage. Oh, wow. You guys are doing it the hard way. And then, and then I'm taking these bandages, like putting them on, then I kill them. And so I, I don't actually have full health going into the boss fight, but I have full vitality and wow. everything else. What's the easy way? Oh my God, you guys, you can just... So yeah, what you do is with any screen that you go into before you make a decision. So you read the description and then it will bring up A or B. You know, you can like if you have a fork, you can you can go left or right. Or if you have a, you know, like, oh, you see a corpse hanging from the ceiling. A, search the corpse. B, walk away. Right. So what you can do when you get the the choice A and B, you can press start and you can go into your sub menu. And that's where you can use as many bandages. 
as you want, or you can eat as much food as you want. I didn't you know want. You could do it on that one. I didn't know you could I do have, it on that screen. I have, I have played through this game three times, and I've never, <laughs> I've never seen this this start menu. Like I my 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 controllers are mapped, and I've never been able to press start to bring up this menu. This oh, might dude. be why I don't like this game, oh, or maybe dude. press select, or whatever it is. Yeah. Start and select doesn't oh, work. The yeah. only two the only two buttons that have worked for me. No, wait, is a I, and B. I think select shows you your your special items that you got. I have yeah. none of this. So okay, yeah, th- this <laughs> this is one one thing I have one criticism I have to say about this game is that it does not explain itself very well. Well. Yeah. Uh, even even though I sent you guys the the, the manual. manual, like I don't think that's in the yeah, manual. I read that manual. Yeah, because I was like, wow, this, this game. Maybe I'm. I actually did think, well, I'm missing something. Right. You are missing something. I is everything it... <laughs> that I picked up on, like everything the manual says, I'd already picked up on. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I in my notes, my biggest complaint is only one item used at a time. I should be able to take all my potions at once to get full health. I should be able to use <laughs> items after a battle or at least see my health or inventory. Like oh, I man. dude, I oh, I need to play this game again then because like yeah, yeah. my my opinion again. of this game is so low because I have not been able to press start oh. or select. I I was just like this is a half finished game because I I oh. Wow. No. Uh, I feel you, dude. I think I would have, I was very close to being in that position, except I button mashed at certain points and I was just like, what the fuck's going on? There must be something I'm missing here. Ridiculous. Jeez. Do you guys want to try playing the game again? And maybe, no, I'm happy to talk about it. I think, I mean, I think I'm still happy to talk about it, but I do, yeah, I get what the game is. I've made it. I beat it. I think I beat it. It does not explain itself very well. I can't, I'm amazed that you beat it without yeah. being able to go into the I'm really amazed Jesus part, Christ, that must have been yeah. a hell of a grind. Oh my God, it was awful. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, like what I did was I actually played the game for a solid hour without using save states, and I continuously died. I could not beat the first boss. Yeah, I, th- I just yeah. I died and I died and I died and I died. And I tried a whole bunch of different tactics, decided to use save states. And get a perfect path through the first dungeon, but it was still really, really tough because if you ever get to a situation where you have to use your map to zip out, you're still kind of fucked. Yeah, you're fucked because you have so little gold. So, yes. like, right, the gold, like, because, like, but at the like, basically, long story short, it was really, really tough. I found a way to get to the end myself. I found some some help, so I'll get to that in another later. But like, here's, oh. here's the takeaway. Total amount of gold that you win from the final boss is 10. Right? <laughs> okay. A potion, one potion costs 12. Yeah. Yeah. I have never seen a potion used, dropped, otherwise manifest in this game, except as a hypothetical item in the shop. Like, yeah. It's just like, it was just unsatisfying to like beat this really difficult boss at the end and be like, there you go. Here's like, not enough to actually get your health back. <laughs> like, I know. The re- I think the reason that I beat it, I every time I played through it, except for the last time, I tried playing through it again this morning just to see if I could get... Because I played through it, and like the way that it ended at the end of the, the Traumatarium, it was just like, the end. And I was like, that can't be the ending. So I looked online, and I watched a YouTube playthrough, and there was like a different different ending. So I tried playing it this morning to get through it, again and every single time i played through it earlier 
when I got to the emulator stage, that entire dungeon was filled with nothing but snails. <laughs> and when the snails attack you, it, huh. it takes like one HP off of you. But when you attack it, you take half there. So it's like the third dungeon for some reason is just was so easy until this morning when I logged in and I played a new version and like every other enemy was like a dragon or something like this whole rant is so, so random. And it, it's just, yeah. it was just really weird. Oh man. I do. Uh, I need to play this game again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I think I'd have a different experience with it. Yeah. I, so I, I don't think the balance is very good in, in terms of the, uh, like the map is useless because you it costs too much money. Because the the most number of enemies that you might get, you know, I think the the most practical way to use the map would be you get nine rooms in, right? And then if you're too weak to beat the boss, right. use the map and you jump back out. How many enemies are you going to encounter before you That's get to it. that? If you that encounter last room? less than six enemies, you are at best breaking even, at worst losing yeah. money on that entire encounter. You're losing money. You should probably just start again. And because when you come out, you're going to be damaged. You know, so your your health is going to be down, your vitality is going to be down. So so you're going to be even weaker the next time you start again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think the game has like a really high learning curve. And the thing is, is like once you get up that super steep learning curve, I thought the game was a cakewalk. I thought it was super easy. Once I beat the first dungeon, I went back and I got the the sword. And uh, and then I just started like once you have the broadsword, like you're you can already like do more damage than almost any any enemy in the game. And after that, it was just about learning the stats, trying to figure out what items did what, what actually helped you and what didn't do anything and managing vitality and and managing your hit points and and just burning it through the the different dungeons. Okay. So do you, do you want to hear how I do it? Okay. So complete a different tactic to both of you. I was really frustrated after that first hour of grinding and not getting anywhere. And I was like, I, I was pretty convinced that the game was just imbalanced. And it's just like, how do people play this if it's not well balanced? And I was looking through comments of people talking about it. And I saw a comment from the game creator, I think, where he was like, if you select the game instead of start it, you might have an easier time. Oh. And you might want to edit that out, right? But No, I'm going to leave it in. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you press select. You press the select start instead, of, instead of start. Where it says press start, well, you press and then you select. Play easy mode. No, you don't play easy mode. You know what you get? Oh, what do you get? You get ninety nine coins. Oh, shit. So what did I do? I bought the most yeah. overpowered power up. The the helmet. The helm. The helmet. Yeah. The spirit helm. Right. Yeah. Once you get that, the game's over. Once man. you get that again, but that's it. I just <laughs> bought that right away, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And then it's like it doesn't even matter. Then it's like it is a complete cakewalk because for those because listening, what, well, what the spirit helm does, yeah. yeah, the spirit helm. Every time that you damage an enemy, it gives you hit points in return. Exactly. All you have to do is just keep wailing away, yeah. and you you will always, with the exception of like the last boss and a couple of other, with the, the very last boss. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that was the only the only time I ever needed to use a potion was on the last boss. Because everybody else, I was hitting harder than they were. Do I have a broken version of this game? Because even in the first dungeon, whenever I hit enemies, I would get a little HP back. I think your computer is haunted. I don't know what's going on. Because, like, okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you a couple questions about my notes and see if you guys have the same (laughs) questions. Okay. okay? So this (laughs) this is the stuff that I had problems with: is that there's not any names for the monsters. That that's a little thing. 
Okay, but I I do like come up with your own names. I do well, but I like the story to be rounded out. Fluffy the snail. Yeah, Fluffy oh, the snail. Right. right. So one of the things that I said was like when you come to a room and it says like oh there's a crumbling wall. We do you want to search it or do you want to leave the room? Like whether you push search or whether you press leave the room, I'm still getting attacked by a monster. <laughs> You know what I mean? So like that was it, so unsatisfying. It does, so that like, your choices have zero effect on zero the outcome. Zero effect. They have such right? a little effect. Mm. You have no and, agency. It is totally a dice roll. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because you can choose you to can, like you can't even choose to not take the dice roll. That's the thing. It's like Well, it's like, you can choose you to like not drink roll? from the, the fountain or whatever, right. you know, or Yeah, but then you bump into a monster anyway. Like <laughs> But that's every yeah. Well, I mean, that's one but yeah. But you're not going to be poisoned when you do it, you know, <laughs> right? But like, just yeah, coming on every random yeah. Sometimes you drink from the fountain and it refills you to max. So it's like, like that's right. fair. But it's like, it's the fact that when you you're presented with a choice, and it's like, do you want to take a dice roll or do you want to just like leave the dice roll and do something else? And then they're like, psych, still a dice roll, <laughs> right? So that's that's the, that's the thing I said. I said I could play this game with one of those drinking birds that continuously goes down and pecks the A or B button, and have a similar outcome to me playing it the way I played it. And I was just like, oh, this is pointless. So now that now that I know that I'm missing pieces of the game, I maybe need to do like a go play it again. I need yeah. to do like a fresh install of like maybe I'll. I'll pull it out of my emulator and put it in something else. And you need to pull the ghost out of your computer. Oh my god! All right, the Phobos Dare ghost. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some positives of this game. I'm going to say one thing: this game looks fucking great. Fuck yes! All right, you cannot debate that. The art is great. I, I think it's one of the coolest looking Game Boy titles I've seen in a while, and uh, it had it has great atmosphere. You know what? I'll tell you this: show the art is good, and it's good in a way that. Uh, so you guys played this on emulators, right? Well, I played the first half of my first playthrough on your Game Boy. Remember when you brought it, you right. brought it over? You're like, check this game out. Yes, I played it for like a half yeah. hour, and I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. I've never seen this right. like a game like this before. I, I honestly, I kind of liked it better playing on the Game Boy rather than playing it on the emulator. It just felt different, you know. So I played it. Yeah, I played it twice. I played the whole thing through the first time through. I had a Game Boy Color. And Game Boy Color is, is uh, I, this is the first time I played through a whole game on my, my Game Boy Color that I modded. And the thing is even smaller than the, than the original DMG. Like the, the original G- Game Boy is like big and fat and pretty heavy. But this thing is just perfect size to fit in your pocket. And what I did is I took this thing with me all over the place. I like stuck it in my bag for work. I would like carry it around the house in my back pocket. And a lot of the game is kind of grindy. And what I would do is I would just pull the game out of my pocket and I would play it for like five minutes, which is enough time to like run through a dungeon maybe three times. And then I would turn the game off and put it back in my pocket. And I really feel like this game on the Game Boy, like you're saying, it's such a different experience from playing it on a big computer monitor. I did not appreciate the art as much. I felt like the art was really designed for that tiny screen and it just pops. It looks fantastic on that little screen. I was playing this through last night on the emulator, and I had this this large 27-inch monitor, and I found myself, I kept backing away from the monitor because I felt like I was way too close to the images, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just, it's made for a tiny screen. On the emulator, it just, it did not look quite as good. I, I did not appreciate the art quite as much. 
I will say that I found myself taking pictures <laughs> of the screens because some of the artwork was like so freaking amazing. And I just, yeah, I don't know, dude, it's, I loved it. Like the, especially like the, you died screen. Um, <laughs> I have, yeah. I have that as one of my, like, uh, what do you call it when you open your phone and it's like on the lock screen ah. on my lock screen? Because uh, and I also really love when like I don't know what it says, but there's like that your character's got his arm pushed way out right before you get to the main boss, yeah. like die monster or die die witch, whatever yeah, right. it is. And it's ugh. those those kinds of screens. That's so freaking awesome. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it, it looks, looks great. great. And there's even like there's actually kind of hidden artwork in some places oh really so i've had some encounters i think it was on like the the forest dungeon whatever that one is okay where after i beat a monster this lady appears and just is like hey thank you for saving the the forest or whatever and then just kind of walks away wow and never you don't see her again it was a total random drop because i i took a screenshot of it and i saved the state of the game but like you can do the exact same encounter twice and not see her and so like there's there is hidden stuff in there that's also really, you know, carefully drawn and has a lot of artistic merit to it. But I can't even get to it. It does it does leave me thinking, like if I <laughs> if I played the game again, would I get another random drop? Like there's other random drop things in the game. Right. Like um like sometimes you encounter a person who like if you beat them is a monster, they'll give you like a, a knife or something. But I don't know how that works in the game or it doesn't maybe that's just like extra money. One time you come across the old man that's like yes, sitting yes, in the middle of a dungeon. That's yeah. he gave me a potion one time, and that was the one time I got a potion. Huh. So what else do I like? I, I think the atmosphere is really well done. It is an effectively creepy game. I did in my, you know, I had that thing going like I'm talking about where I, I had it in my imagination that I'm going into some like dank ass, creepy dungeon full of zombies and, and skeletons and, you know, giant snails or whatever. And I, I mean, you know, it, it does a good job of communicating that kind of feeling. Through that tiny screen, I really felt like I was I was exploring some. I was going into a dark, dank kind of passageway mm-hmm. and exploring because it's just enough to make you use your own imagination. Oh yeah, really, right. Yeah, it's so good. But each, like you said, the, the yeah. artwork definitely you know gives you that kind of springboard where like the main character like doesn't have any dialogue, but you definitely get that kind of like Conan the Barbarian kind of vibe off of the right. artwork. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I kind of like about it's the whole game has kind of like a tongue in cheek kind of attitude to it. Cause you know, it's like the, in the beginning, the first time you meet the hero, your, your character, it's like the, the queen needed someone who was brave enough or vain enough, you know, to enter the traumatarium. And it, you see this, this image of the guy and he's just like total comic book muscles. His muscles have muscles, Right. It's just a, a giant, like, wall of meat, like this kind of guy, <laughs> with a, a giant, stupid helmet on. And, you know, it's like, yeah, this is exactly the kind of character I want to go into a dungeon with, right? There's a little bit of, like, a pro wrestling vibe to it, almost. Yeah. You know, like, even the name of the game, Traumatarium. Yeah, I love, oh, yeah. Right? It's just, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. In my head, when I'm, because before I started playing it, I was literally singing in my head, like, you know, Sanitarium by Metallica. Traumatarium. Leave, baby. I was like, in my head, that's what's going on when I'm, like, killing these enemies. Yeah. 
Since trauma terror, it does sound like like old school pro wrestling. It's it's like the sequel to the Hell in a Cell match was the Traumatarium. <laughs> yes. Oh my so god. Oh, also the Emulator. I don't know. It was like it's going to give you diarrhea or something. That is just. Like, <laughs> You have entered the immolator. Gird your loins. Jesus. <laughs> I love the name, though. That's great. Totally I, I also thought of the... So there's a sci-fi trope called the Pleasure Dome. And I know there's one of these... Like in Smash TV, has like a Pleasure Dome. But I've seen this in like other media. Where it's just like... It's like the idea that you just like plug your brain in. And, you know, you just drift off to like a, a sensory wonderland or whatever. So this is this is the traumatarium. This mm-hmm. is like the the complement to that. Maybe if you're like into BDSM or something, I don't know. You know, it's kind of like you you know you go hang out in the pleasure dome. I'll be over here in the uh, torture gazebo. Torture gazebo. Torture gazebo. <laughs> <laughs> the the immolating pergola. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full of snails. <laughs> Man-eating snails. A slow, painful oh. death. Uh, some people are into that, man. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. How do we bounce back out of that one? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The well, let me tell you the uh, the packaging on the physical edition is very nice. <laughs> you, one thing I like, I'm not going to spoil it, but I, there is a twist ending to the game, and I really like it. I I think it's a good good little cap on the uh, mm-hmm. on the game. It makes it worth getting through that last dungeon. Connor, did you have something to say about it? I was just going to say the music's also kind of interesting for some parts, oh, but uh, I feel they could have done a little bit more because it's a horror game. Like it, there's one or two parts where it's completely silent, and silence is really kind of disconcerting, disorienting when you're listening to something. And yeah. it's really only kind of supposed to be used as like an effect for a short time. But there's screens where if you just like don't press anything, it'll just be completely silent. I think that can kind of take you out of it a little bit. Ah. And the main theme is really good. I really like that. But I don't feel like it carried through as much into the rest of the game. I feel like I kind of wanted to be able to go back to the title screen a couple of times and just listen to the main theme again. I couldn't do that. There was no place to really listen to that kind of music. So, yeah, that's just Ah. my comments on the music side of things. I don't have any complaints about the music. I thought it was, I thought it it just kind of added to the atmosphere, I, I think, really well. Uh, I don't know. I thought I felt I thought felt like that was all pretty well done. Yeah, I thought it could get very repetitive very quickly if the game wasn't as short as it was. You know. Oh, okay. But I really liked the music a lot. All right. Do we have anything else to say about Traumatarium? No. No. All right. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about our second game of the uh, the game club pick for the month of October, twenty twenty two. Phobos Dare dot. GB. Awesome. I'm going to go use the emulator. I'll be back.
Next up, we're going to talk about our our second game, PhobosDare.gb. So this is by Appsur Games. Appsur does a lot of creepy games for multiple platforms. So many platforms. NES games. It's got PC games. It's got mobile games. They did a ZX Spectrum game. And now they did a Game Boy game. So these are all kind of, all of these games, I believe, are in the same kind of uh, extended universe. I think they all have common themes, which is they they have personalities, consciousness that is like trapped inside of the game, and you are playing the game, and the the antagonist of the game eventually becomes the consciousness, you know, whatever you want to call it, the ghost inside of the game. Mm-hmm. So that that's true of I know there's uh, Dare Evil Exe and and Dare Exe for PC. You were just talking about puzzling peaks for yep. mobile. Yep. So you said that's like a puzzle game? Puzzle game. F- physics puzzle. F- physics puzzle. Okay, a lot of these are platform games. So the, the Dare games on the PC are, are both really difficult platformers. I did play a little bit of Proto Dare for the NES. It is a single screen platformer, and it is hard as balls. I'm going to tell you, I did not get super far in that game. I got about 10 minutes in, and then I just had to put it down because I could not. I got to a point where I could not figure out how to get to the next screen. Like it was, it was just that tough. That game, in fact, had a lot of the, I, I think it's tied in directly with the game we're going to talk about today. I like the story. I think they, they overlap. I also played their ZX Spectrum game, Prima Dare, which was my favorite of this entire bunch. I really enjoyed that game. I played it this morning and, uh, I, I think I beat it. I don't know. It's really hard to tell with these games because they are, you yeah. Intentionally vague and and um, about exactly what's going on, but that was a really excellent Spectrum game. I I really had a lot of fun with that. So this game was made in GB Studio, as was Traumatarium. This game came into my radar when it got a limited run physical release in September of 2022. I don't know if Limited Run has done a lot of homebrew Game Boy games, but you know, when they do, they definitely catch my attention. You know, I, anytime that you, that limited run for better or worse is one of the hottest publishers in, in indie gaming right now, if not the hottest publisher. And so, you know, if your homebrew game is going to get picked up and published by limited run, I, you know, you're going to sell hundreds, if not thousands of copies that you weren't. And so I, that is, uh, you know, I think those games are notable and I think they're worth talking about. So I thought it was interesting that this game came up and I had never heard anything about this company. I'd never heard anything about any of these games. And so I really wanted to talk about it for the podcast. If you if you didn't get an unlimited run, you you missed out because it's limited and the run is over. But you can get this the ROM of this game right now for $3 on itch.io or you can play a free demo. They have a free demo available. All right, guys. Describe this game. Uh, this is good fucking luck. What is it like? <laughs> every game in one? <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like every. It's a very meta game. It's, every, it's a game about games. It's every every that. game I've ever played, and it's also not like any other game I've ever played. Maybe. Okay. I don't know because there's there's farming simulator portions of it. There's <laughs> absolutely nut crushingly difficult uh, parts, platforming parts. Like we need to get out the power glove uh, peripheral again because it's, it's so hard. I don't know. There's <laughs> mini games. There's it's, it's, it glitches on purpose. And it's, it's, oh, it does a lot of that. Oh, it it's does a lot really, of that really 
Yeah. Really hard to describe. Yeah. It is very hard to describe. Connor, you want to take a crack at it? It's it's again it's like it's kind of like a story, right? So it's like a narrative kind of unfolding in front of you. Of yeah, like, it's definitely a narrative game, right? right? But you have this idea of an unreliable narrator because okay. this is like something that happens in some books where like you're reading a book, but as part of the device of the book, like the person who's writing it is not reliably reporting what's actually happening, and it's only by like reading other parts of the book where it's somebody else saying what the reporter person is saying that you're figuring out what's actually happening. Right. It's like imagine a game where like you're not really sure if you're doing what the game is supposed to be there for because the actual game developer is presenting themselves very early in the game being like don't go to this area that would be a really bad idea. So you're like okay, I guess I won't go there. Um so straight away you're in this kind of like it's like you're fighting the game on like how to understand the game itself. Like I don't know if that's like yeah. even makes sense. Because you're like you said, don't go, don't go to this the woods. Yeah, don't go you, in the woods. Know, whatever. Be a bad so idea. I turn around. I turn around and I go back the other way, and you get to the dock, and there's like what looks like a, maybe either a fish or a duck in the water, and I was trying to jump on it. And okay, kept resetting. Tried to jump on it. Okay, that's not going to work. And one time I jumped and I landed in a certain part of the water and i ended yep. up in a black uh-huh. black tunnel somewhere and i can never get it to do it again right I, <laughs> so yeah it was really crazy i would say it is generally speaking a platformer it's 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 not that difficult in most parts especially now that i've played the other appser games this game is is very very easy these other apps or games just like grind you into the dirt. I mean, they are, they're very hard platformers. This one is, is very easy, but it, it does have a couple of sections that are, are really challenging, but by and large, I would say the game is a platformer with farming simulation scenes. It's got a lot of genres in it. It's yeah. As, as you said, it's it, like pong is in there. There's a pong scene. It's a very meta game. You're definitely, you know that you're playing a game about games. So I want to talk about the plot of this game a little bit without spoiling it. Did you guys did you guys get through the game? Did you finish the game? No, I did not. I did. Connor, you did. Okay. I made it to the part with the like the game itself is great. I mean, it's it's fairly easy until you get to that one section with the skull that just follows you around the screen and then you yeah. like you get the herbicide and you get all the, the way skulls to the top. Are a bit much. And then yeah. you like I, I I must have done that page 30 times over the course of a couple of days and I finally get to okay. the top and I do the herbicide and then like I got to another spot where like oh great here's another skull and then there's a second skull and a third and I was like I'm done. Yeah, there's three. I, I, right. I checked out right there, and that was that was yesterday afternoon. Yeah. So I when I was playing this, I'm like, this is where Bart's gonna quit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean, I'm, I I will say I'm pretty proud of myself. I actually didn't use save states at all in this. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm like wow, right? I'm the save state guy, and there's like super frustrating <laughs> platform parts, and I actually made it through. To be fair, there are save states all over the game, though, too. That's what saved me. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot of saves everywhere. I was really grateful for that. I also figured out that with those skulls, the thing that you had to do is you had to kind of lead them all the way down to the bottom of the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, you have to kind of bait them. You have to bait them all the way down. And then 
you really quickly try and platform up. And once you get like about a screen away from them, they just don't appear anymore. Yeah. So if you yeah. get like a couple of really good jumps up, you can actually just pause and they won't come up anymore. And so that yeah. was pretty key for me. That's how I got the first one with the one skull. But once I got to the mm-hmm. multiple ones, I was like, "Ooh, God, no, I'm done." <laughs> yeah. Then you have to like bait both of them, and yeah, it doesn't really work quite as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just you. I mean, the main thing is you got to the the jumps. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing about the tough platforming is the. Well, I had a real hard time with the double jump. Mm-hmm. Me too. I found that it did not work a lot of the time. Like it was really wonky. Like if you are running forward, the double jump just does not work at yep. all. Great. And so if you're running off the edge of a platform, you're not going to be able to double jump. You have to jump straight up to do the jump, double jump. I didn't, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> Dude, my I found that very frustrating. My number one note on this game, quote, the controls are wonky. The double jump occasionally doesn't work. So I'm glad I'm not yeah. the only one. Oh, man. No, and uh, somebody trade said that in Discord as well. Yeah. It, he's yeah, that it, it just that's very frustrating when you're when you have a tough platforming section and the controls just don't work. And I that did not feel like it was intentional. That that felt like it was just like some weird mm-hmm. thing. But so how, can we talk about the story here without giving too much away? I think that's going to be the challenge because I do think a huge part of a game like this is the exploration and discovering different parts of the story. And so I don't want to spoil anything, but at the same time, it's like, I do want to talk about it a little bit. So (laughs) this is from the description, okay? The game description on an itch and limited run, okay? And let me know what you guys think about this description. After uncovering a Game Boy cartridge haunted by a malignant force, a guilt-ridden scientist involved in sinister experiments must face his fears and relive the terrifying nightmares of his past. Do you feel like that was communicated in the game? <laughs> no. Are you playing Fuck. as the scientist? So, hot take. Hot take. Let me hear it, Connor. Yes. Lay it on me. The, the main character discovers a Game Boy cartridge. That's what it says, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So that doesn't happen in the game. Right. Yeah. Right. Who discovers the Game Boy cartridge? I couldn't quite get that so i <laughs> you you do the player discovers right. game boy cartridge yes so that game description is not describing the character in the game or if it is it is actually describing you the human okay 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 putting that game boy cartridge <laughs> in and then telling you that you are now becoming this scientist that is who you are that's what I mean with like unreliable um, narrator. It's very like abstract yeah. kind of idea. I, I I do want to say a little bit about the plot of the game because I, I do think it's important to talk about. But what we can do is I will patch in at the end of after the post credits, you know, where I normally I put some like goofy fucking thing that we talk about. I'll we can talk about the plot of the game. You know, and if you want to have the game spoiled, you can just wait until we read the end credits and then listen and we'll we'll talk about what I would like to talk about what I think is actually going on with the plot of the game here. I think I can say, so there's definitely like somebody trapped in the game, right? And, or there's, there's somebody trapped inside. Well, now that you fucking said that, I don't even know. This man. is what I mean. It's like the whole, <laughs> the whole idea of the game, in my opinion, this, so this is not really a spoiler, but I think this does tell you what the game is about. Is that it's just to make you feel uncomfortable with what is the game and what is the meta game. Like what is the part that I'm playing right. and what is the part that is describing what I'm playing? 
So yeah. for me, the the part that completely, I, I I suppose this is a spoiler. Maybe you should, I'll save that to the end then. Okay, I'll save that to the later part. But like, I have I have a one spoiler part that completely changed my perspective of the game when I was playing it, and it put me into this headspace very directly. But yeah, the idea is just that there's this game that appears to be a pleasant, interesting, maybe boring game that has layers beneath it. And the more layers you go into, the more you question what the original reality is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had a pretty good idea what was going on, but now that I've heard you talk about it a little bit, I'm <laughs> with the unreliable. <laughs> you, no, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I... Do you yeah. want to tell you the moment that like okay. twigged it for me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're so resigned. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm just. I'm just, no, because I'm thinking about how I'm going to edit this podcast now. <laughs> you just say that. I don't want to give shit away. It's like, oh fuck. Just tell the whole. This whole episode is a spoiler. So yeah, I mean, I don't have to say. It. You can edit this part out. I don't have to tell you. Like I can hold. Until later, yeah. Just hold it in. Let's let's because I want to I want to be able to speak freely about the game. So, yeah. Okay. So there's look. The, the point about the plot is there's a, a lot going on here, and it's it. I don't know. I I honestly like I've I played through the game twice now, and I still don't exactly. I felt like I had a pretty good idea of what's going on, but now I'm kind of wondering if I do. <laughs> so, um. Some stuff I, I really like about it. It do, I think it does a lot of the the glitchy stuff. It does them. It does it really well. You were talking about silence with Traumatarium and how silence can be used to good effect to create kind of a spooky atmosphere. And I I think that really is in play here because most of the game is completely dead silent. Yeah. And you just have these like harsh sound effects. You know, like if you get hit or something, it's like you know. And but but it's other than that, it's just mostly silence. You know, and you do feel like you are, you've gone, you've gone out of bounds of where the game wants you to go, you know, and it's like, well, we don't have music for this area. You know, you're not supposed to be in this area. So of course we're not going to have a soundtrack. Right. You know, yeah, I kind of get that feeling from it. I wish there had been sound effects though. Like even if it was footsteps or something, because there was a point where I I texted you. I was like, do I have a corrupted file or is there no music in this thing? I was so close to doing that because I thought it might have been the emulator doing it incorrectly. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nick, to your point, like it, it, the game makes you question this stuff all the time, right? Like, am I in a place that I'm supposed to be in? Is this where I'm supposed to go? How difficult is it to do beta testing on a game like this? Oh my God. Oh my God. Because, you know, it's like what the whole point of like, when I because I'm beta testing a game right now, I'm not going to talk about, but I, The whole point of the activity is just to break the game Mm -hmm. and come up with every bug that you can. But if the game is supposed to be buggy, right? Like, how do you know what's supposed to be there and what isn't? Do you you know? Do you find a bug and and they're like, "Yes, nice, gonna leave that in." Yeah, yeah. You find a bug and it's like, "Great, that looks cool. Let's leave that in." (laughs) You know. It it has some puzzles. I will say that there are puzzles like uh, there's some keypad puzzles and things like that. I mm-hmm. I know that both times that I I went through the game, I did not find everything, and I still don't know what I missed. But there were definitely puzzles that I finished. I finished the game without finishing the puzzles, and I don't even know if it, you know maybe it was worth it. Maybe I would have gotten a different ending. I have no idea. I don't know. 
EC Myers put this in Discord. Like when he was playing this game, he constantly felt like he was he might be making the wrong choice. And I think that I agree with that. You know, I felt the same way at both times through the game. And I'm uh I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know what I could have done differently. You know, I because it does seem like a very linear game. Yes. But it also gives you the feeling that it's not supposed to be. I don't know. It's very, very strange. I totally agree with that. That is actually a big part of one of the things that left me thinking after I finished the game, which was that for all of the like bugginess and feeling like you're somewhere you're not supposed to be or going off the beaten track, it does feel like the narrative is very linear. Like you're constantly converging to this one point, even a small example. So when you die, there's continue or end. Like you can choose to like continue the game from your last save point or you can end the game. But if you click end, it doesn't like go to the main title screen. You just become this little flashing light on on the screen that was the the screen that says end game. Really? And you move around. Yeah, this is the funny thing. Like so one of the things that I enjoyed I've never tried that. Yeah, I, I, I this is something I took so I took loads of notes about this kind of stuff. There are so many of these little hidden things in the game huh. where if you do what you're not supposed to do, you're rewarded. And I forget so many of them. This is just one that really stuck out for me. You become a little flashing light on the screen. And you can't press start or go to a different menu. You're just moving around. But if you go to the very top left, you eventually move off the screen that you just saw and there's this little corpse in the top left and you touch the corpse and you're back at the last save point. So like, that's spooky. It doesn't reveal any of the story. It's not a spoiler, but like, it does make you feel like, so I can't end. Like, there's no Uh, end. Yeah, you can't, there's no way to end the game. Yeah. Wow. All right. I like this. See, this is why I like a game club kind of format. Because, like, you know, I felt like I had this game figured out, and I wasn't, I'm going to be honest with you, like, the story-wise, I wasn't that impressed with it. But now I'm now that I'm talking to you about it, I'm like, all right, maybe I missed <laughs> yeah. some shit. No, but it's like, it, it, it's it's not an easy-to-like game. I, 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 I will fully say, like, I kind of came into it, like, already jazzed, like, spooky game glitchy as fuck feels like an scp that i'm putting into my emulator <laughs> let's go like that's uh-huh. kind of my jam but yeah it's i think it's this is, well anyway I, I think it's not easy to like but i do like it and i am glad that i kind of pushed through a couple of weird parts with okay i'm glad you really liked it yeah i wasn't i gonna be honest with you like i i was kind of lukewarm on it but now that i'm talking to you about it i'm i'm now i kind of want to play it a third time you know i want to get back in there I'm Bart. How about I'm you? silent because I am less than lukewarm on this game. I I found nothing to like about this game at all, which is why I'm kind of keeping my mouth shut. I just uh, it really was not the game for me. For like, what I'm curious to know from you, Bart, like as a kind of a horror fan, like, do you feel this is kind of a horror game in any way, or is it just like it's just a platformer that's kind of weird? Dude, I, I tell you, you know, because I had talked about how the controls I thought were a little wonky and the double jump occasionally didn't work and the fact that there was no music or sound effects in certain parts, it just made me feel like it was a half-finished game. And that, you know, and it like, hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, when the when the game would glitch, it felt like it was an actual glitch <laughs> or it was like 
broken or something. And so like, it just didn't gel for me at all. I just never, I never gave into it. And I always just felt like I was fighting against it, which is probably if I, now that I'm talking to you guys, just like Nick said, you know, maybe I need to go back and give it another shot. And, you know, which is the the whole point of this game club, you know, it's like, we're true. Now that I get your opinions on it. Okay, cool. I'm seeing things that I didn't see before. Well, let's Mm -hmm. go give it another shot. Okay. Yeah, I just All derailed right. any, the whole thing. Any other comments? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that's that's your experience with the game. That's fine. I, I think it comes with making a game like this. I think, honestly, like the guy who's the developer yeah. has to understand like he is deliberately pushing people out of a comfort zone. And it is not a game for everyone, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Any other comments on phobosdare.gb? None for me, no. I do want to talk about the plot. I want to talk about the plot, and I want to talk about how I think it fits into this whole extended universe. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do, I, I do think after the end credits, well, I, I want to talk about it with, with you guys okay. yeah. and just kind of like see what you think. So Because I went through and I played like five of these damn games this morning. And I some of them I really liked. Like the ZX Spectrum, the Prima Dare ZX, that is an, a great game. I think everybody should go check that out. But um, yeah. So we're going to play a little bit of music here, and then we're going to come back with our final thoughts on both of these games, and then we're going to talk about some bullshit, and then we're going to wrap it up. Is it music from Phobos Dare? Music from Phobos Dare? Yeah. Dead silence. (laughs) Here we go. From the Discord, Traumatarium. Treed said he had trouble getting through the first dungeon. I think he said he, he played it several times that he could never beat the final boss in the first dungeon. EC Myers beat the game, but he felt like the gameplay was was very simple and kind of repetitive. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I that's fair. That's fair. Phobos Dare. Treed did not enjoy the platforming. Felt the controls weren't tight enough for these sections, especially with the double jump. He beat it, but he wasn't sure what he thought of it. All right, so that's basically exactly my experience. <laughs> EC Myers didn't think the platforming was too bad, but he was constantly working, worried that he was making the wrong choice. I mentioned that. I never knew what to expect, so I didn't know what the game expected from me, which is kind of a cool experience, but I'd like to have more agency in a game if that makes sense. So I think that applies maybe to both games. Yeah. You know, I think that's a common theme uniting both of these games. Uh, he wasn't sure if his actions mattered, and he thought there might be multiple endings. I don't actually know if there's multiple endings. I, I, when I, 
Uh, he watched a YouTube playthrough of this. I did too, and uh, they got the same ending. I don't know. I don't know if there's a different ending or not. It kind of feels like there should be, but yeah, I, I don't know. Feels like there should be, but yeah, I don't know. I've only played through it once. That's true. Well, and that was like when I beat the when I beat the uh, ZX Spectrum game is actually very short, and I thought I beat it, and then you know it gives you a fake ending, and then you go through, and then you you beat it again, and it gives you another ending, but then it starts you over at the beginning, the first time through, and do you just keep playing it, and maybe it keeps giving you different endings? I don't know. I I never know what to expect with these games, so. All right. Anybody have final thoughts on either one of these games? Uh, I suppose my final thought, kind of taking the two of them together, is like what you mentioned there about the common theme of both of the games, feeling like kind of removing some agency from you, like removing your ability to control what's going on. I guess that's kind of the question there. Is that a cheap trick for a horror game? Like, or is it a required trick for a horror game? Like, is it possible to make a game that really makes you feel scared while still making you feel like you've got full control. Like I, hmm. I have my own opinion, of course, but like that seems to be a common thread that's applied here in both of these games. Right. I don't know. Do you feel like there was very little player agency in Deadius from last year? Oh yeah. I was just thinking of that. Yeah. I mean, you basically have very little agency at all, but I mean, in Deadius, there's like 13 different endings, right? Mm-hmm. But they're all bad. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> it's like, no matter what you do, you're so, fucked. It's just, which way do you want to get fucked? Right, and not bad. Like I think they're bad. You know, like poorly written. I think you're just, right. no, you're, just like you said, you're fucked. Bad things. You're yeah, fucked in every bad things happen. every ending. You're fucked. Yeah. Right. No, that's a great point. Yeah, I think it. I think it ties all three of these games together. Yeah, because like Traumatarium, I feel is more like it's just a, it's just like horror imagery. It's not like trying to be mm-hmm. super subversive, spooky. It's just like right. he's a guy, he's going to kick your ass, like that kind of like, you know. It's just, <laughs> it's it's just, a trauma yeah, it's like drug door almost, you know, like it's just coordinating <laughs> right. the people. Like, you know, it's just it's good like that. But immolating. Yeah, immolating. <laughs> <laughs> Tromdor, the emulator. I don't know, man. He just comes out and bursts into flames. Uh, and it's like, it's it like... turns out it's just Fabio from Wizards and Warriors. Yeah. But like, yeah, the other two are, are more like trying to be subversive, trying to be weird. They both have this feeling of inevitability as well. Like they both have this feeling of like, you, you're uh-huh. going to have a bad time. Like, sorry, this is it. Um, <laughs> you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> um, right. They like... For me, the ultimate horror video game for me um, will always be System Shock 2. That was like the the scariest game I ever played. And I never felt like my agency was removed in that game, but it was shit scary at parts because the way that the story was revealed was really scary. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess I'm saying like I don't think Phobos Dare would have been less scary if the controls were tighter. Like, I think that probably would not have made it less scary. I think you can give people agency in their character bouncing around the screen, and it can still be a spooky game. Yeah, the spook comes from the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, that was kind of why I got so frustrated with the platforming there, because, you know, it. I didn't feel like it was necessary. Like, I f- it, it didn't need it. Yeah. You know, it felt like, now that I played the other Appster games, and I know, like, how much they love hard-ass platformers, I can understand why those sections were in there. I just didn't think they needed to be. I, I felt like they 
right. could have cut them out entirely. And the game, you know, it gatekeeps people who aren't into tough platformers like Bart. Right. Because you know? it felt like of what I played, which was up to the part with the three skulls, 95% of it was a great time. And then it was just like, there's these two weird off-putting sections. And it's just like, yeah. what the fuck is this doing in here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, they feel out of place. Yeah. They really do. So either make it yeah. all hard or not hard, I, I guess. Yeah. You know? Well, if you want all hard, buddy, uh, play that NES uh, game. Oh, no. Let me tell you something. It will kick your ass I'm in not, 15 different ways. not interested in having my ass kicked at this point. <laughs> all right. Phobos Dare and Traumatarium. You can get both of them on itch.io. Traumatarium, you can get it for free. Or you can pay $3 and get the manual, which you should do, by the way. Uh, Phobos Dare, you can get it for also $3. And worth checking out at that price point, absolutely. Uh, good spooky, good spooky times, folks, on your Game Boy. Ooh. Getting all scary. Scary, playing your Game Boy in your basement and all that stuff. In so, the dark. All right. In the dark. Well, hopefully you have a light if you're using the original screens. Because you're not going to be able to see anything. Somebody, I put that in another uh, Discord, uh, Collector's Quest Discord, and I I, I posted my uh, Traumatarium cart. And um, yeah, the host Tyler was like, oh, wow, it's a glow-in-the-dark cart on a Game Boy. And so if you're playing your Game Boy in the dark, you can't see the game. <laughs> huh. But you can look at your glow-in-the-dark cart. But yeah, I no, I mod all of my Game Boys. So they have uh, backlighting and, and all that stuff. So. All right, guys. Do we have anything to talk about? Portland Retro Gaming Expo just wrapped up, and I got to say, man, I am really sad that we didn't go out there. Yeah, me too. I want to go next year. Good stuff revealed, including... uh, So there's a new Garbage Pail Kids NES game. (laughs) It's from the uh, Retrotainment guys who are... They're about to release Full Quiet. They've been working on Full Quiet since uh, the dawn of time. And that is about to come out soon. I am very excited about that. But yeah, their uh, game that they got right now, it is an actual licensed Garbage Pail Kids NES game. You can get it from IM8Bit. The complete inbox is $80. Mad Mike in the quest for stale gum. The demo videos look really good on this, and it's going to be out on Windows, but I, I really hope, and Steam and all that stuff, but I really hope that it, they release a, a ROM for the NES at some point. Do you know when it's going to so. get released on Steam? I do not. No. It's from uh, I am 8 bit, mm-hmm. so hopefully you'll have it before like a year, yeah. like with Limited Run. It's been almost a year since I ordered Witch and Wiz from a Limited Run. <laughs> I got the uh, I got a, a nice, a really nice complete inbox copy of Witch and Wiz from Limited Run Games, and that was in mid-November of 2021, and it is now October. It is almost November. I honestly think uh, Limited Run has gotten worse with their shipping. They've always been pretty bad with it, but like, man, yeah, very bad now. Wow. There is a uh, 8-bit Jane Austen game. It is Jane Austen's 8-bit adventure. I think is the name of it for the NES. Even my wife said she would play this. Hmm. So it it looks like a platformer where you are, I guess, Jane Austen, or maybe you're like one of her characters from her books, but you are definitely a lady in like a petticoat and you are jumping around and uh, doing whatever you would do uh, jumping around in a petticoat. Uh, GB Studio Central's Twitter account, this was just like a day or two ago as, a, as we are recording. They posted a GIF from a Game Boy Color port of Nescape. 
And I think they called it like GBC Scape or something like that. But it was, yeah, it's a Game Boy Color and it's an Escape, but it's it is scaled down to the Game Boy Color. So the the way that they do the large screens is they they make it so that you can only see like a four a quarter of the screen at the time, right? So you you push up and around, and so you can look at the different screen, but. The entire room is not going to be on the screen at one time. It's going to be you're just going to be able to see like a portion of it. That honestly, that playing that game when we when we live streamed it, that was just as fun as doing a real live escape room. It was really I loved that game. Honestly, for me personally, that was like the high point of the podcast. <laughs> like I had so much fun with that event. Yeah. Speaking of which, guys, we are uh, November first is coming up soon. November first is our birthday as a podcast. Doing this for a year, right? Wow. Insane. Wow. Insane. Wow. I've had a lot of uh, a lot of fun with it. Get your own Wilson Wows in there. Wow. I, I don't think I really expected this to last a year, much less to have so much fun in the year <laughs> that we've had. Yeah. I honestly was like, yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. We'll do a few games. But like, talk about opening my eyes to just how much there is in the homebrew scene how much like talent there is how many games are still waiting out there not only to be played but just to be made oh my god like there's just so much like latent in this space i'm just so excited for what it's going to be like looking like this time next year yeah i constantly just feel like we're just scratching the surface of these scenes Mm -hmm. you know just doing like one or two games a month like the the output is crazy out of these communities of high quality games like, I could think of a couple dozen games just off the top of my head that I really want to play. But it's just like, God, when are we going to get to that? Right. Right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Because, uh, you know, one year down, guys. One year down. Yeah. Just got to keep going with it. Do we want to solicit in the reviews for people to like or put in the Discord of what games they want us to review? Or do we want to just like keep that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. If you're listening and you're not in our Discord, jump in there. We have an entire channel that is just devoted to telling us what games you want us to play next. Yes. So give us some suggestions. We are very NES focused, as we've we've mentioned before. We are always looking for new consoles to play. I'm really looking forward to playing the ZX Spectrum here at some point. Uh, but you know, we, we have broken into, uh, we've played some Genesis mega drive games, playing our game boy and game boy color games. If you've got, uh, other consoles that you want to hear us talk about, get on our discord and our channel where you can nominate a game and let us know about it. Do you guys think we'll ever do an episode on micro mages? Oh yeah. I think we'll get there eventually. Well, it's going to yeah. get there, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's the Matt Damon wasn't able to come out today. Kind of I, I think I, I, I think it just needs to stay that way. It just needs yeah. well for a while because <laughs> it's right. like oh we ran out of time to talk about mi- oh, microwaves. Yeah. Yeah, we just have it on the agenda for every episode except we just ran yeah. out of time. Right, 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 right. Well, now you moved to London, so we d- we can't do our uh, live stream of it anymore. Right. No, well, yeah. we'll, no, we'll find a way. Wait, what was the thing that Matt Houston? It was on Pipeacker. Take a drink. Yeah, Pie it, uh, yeah it's yeah, on Pipeacker. Jam.gg now. Yeah. yeah, we could we could all play micromages that way, maybe. We could do I that. I don't know. We'll have to try that out. I just need to get better at it. That's the thing. Like it's it's one thing for you to carry me when I'm sitting next to you. It's another thing for me to for you to carry me when I'm like <laughs> three thousand miles away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to figure out how to do a uh, a live stream where it's got like all three of us on camera mm-hmm. and then we've got uh we got the game playing in another window. You know? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. That sounds fun. I've seen a few people do that. I've seen a few few of those sure we could figure it out 
Well, we still need to play Dead Tomb. We were going to do it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where all three of us are playing through it in, in real time. I made a nice That's little video for Dead fun. Tomb. I can't wait to put that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to get to that at some point. So, next game. Speaking of yeah. other games. Roll the dice. Speaking of other games. I'm really jazzed about playing ZX Spectrum's games now. I got to tell you, like, I put this ROM in today, and this emulator that I had for Mac, it's a really good one. And you drag the file, and you can drop it into the tape player. And it's got all the sounds of, like, the tape player closing, and, and like, you hit play and all this stuff. And there's a whole, like, loading sequence that goes on. And you sit there, and in real time, you watch the tape play as the game loads. And it takes, like, five minutes. Wow. (laughs) And maybe there's a way to skip it, but I couldn't figure it out. And I kind of liked that I couldn't figure it out. So I just sat there as the game made all the little, like, beeps and boops sounds, loading the game. And and I was like, I'm into this. I'm, you know, I like this. And it had the screen and it's just all fuzzy and stuff. And and then it eventually loaded the game. And so uh, I'm I'm all jazzed about playing ZX Spectrum games now. So do you, do you guys want to play this uh, La Bille des Mortes? Yeah. 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 Oui. Oui. Okay. oui. I'm going to constantly butcher the name of this game. So uh, La Bille des Mortes. Um, is for the, it, this was originally a PC game. It's a platformer and it's a, it's a pretty tough one, pretty challenging, okay. but it's, it's not long. The game is not long. It's very old school, single screen platformer, but it is pretty tough. So that's how you, you milk some time out of the game is you, it's not a, not a long game, but it's hard. It's going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was originally developed for the PC uh, it is a ZX Spectrum styled game, and it was eventually ported to the ZX Spectrum, and then it was ported to pretty much everything else. So let me see if I can find a list of all the things it was ported to. Samsung refrigerator, or is that just Skyrim? I think you're close. It's like La Bé La Bé of the Dead. La Bé de Look and feel of a ZX Spectrum game. Yeah. So this was originally developed by Locomalito. Music and sound by Grizor87. Promo art by Grizor87. Gosh, this was... Okay, so this came out for PC in September of 2010. Yeah. What else is it? So it's on the NES, 3DS, MSX, Sega Mega Drive, Commodore 64, PSP, Xbox... Amiga, Commodore Amiga. You guys, it's all over the place. So I think what we're going to do, I know for a fact, we are at least going to play the NES and the ZX Spectrum versions of this game. I think that maybe we should like split up and take different platforms. I'm totally down for trying this thing out on Commodore 64. (laughs) I want to check it out. Connor, I feel like an Amiga would be like right up your alley. Amiga. No, you want to play that. Yeah. So I've been trying to get an Amiga emulator working. It's actually quite difficult. Really? But this might be the push that I need to get it going. This might be. Yeah, I want to find a really good MSX emulator. That's another one I want to play. Oh, my God, you guys, this was ported to the Ouya. Holy fuck. The Ouya. Was that the Android console? Dude, I have one of those. No, that was the, uh, that was the, you have an Ouya? Are you serious? Hold on, I'll grab it. I thought that was the... The Android console, it was like set top box or something. I think it had like the uh, the power of like a Android phone or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
of all the fucking things in the world for me to have. You have a fucking ooh yeah. Jesus. Oh my God, you actually have one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. Folks, I am looking at this right now. It is a complete inbox ooh yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you gotta put this on the Discord. That is awesome. Look at that thing. It says free the games. Wow. All right. So somehow Bart is gonna play Lebe de Mort on the Ouya. All right. I'll I'll give it a shot. That's <laughs> nice. Why not? it's been sitting on my my brother gave it to me all right now i want to come over there and check out your ooyah that's nuts that's uh don't say that again (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right folks here we go let me demo where can you get it like uh depends on the platform but generally itch that's that's where you go to get pretty much everything these days so all right this has been the Homebrew Game Club Podcast. You can find links to our Discord, back episodes of the show, or other social media at homebrewgameclub.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HBGameClub. If you like the show, please help us out by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or, most importantly, by telling all of your retro gaming friends about our podcast. If you have comments or a suggestion for a game that you'd like to hear us talk about, or you just want to tell us what a bunch of assholes you think we are, shoot us a message on social media or email us at homebrewgameclub at gmail.com. Our opening music is by Tweet. You can find him on Twitter at TUI2A03, where you can also find a link to his SoundCloud. Our outro music is by Raftronaut. You can find him on Twitter at 0000Jordan. You can follow me, Nick, on Twitter, Instagram, or Video Game Sage at Divertov. That's D-V-E-R-T-O-V. Bart is on Instagram as clever username needed, no spaces. And Connor is on Twitter at C-O-N-O-R-N-A-S-H. Also no spaces. Look at that beautiful photo of that Ouya. That is amazing. That's going on the Discord. Tune in next time. It's going on the Discord. Tune in next time to the Homebrew Game Club when we will be talking about... Yeah... Le Bière des Right. Ah, thank you for listening. Even if you're French. I'm so sorry that I butchered that. <laughs> just do it like, especially to the French. Just do it like Pee Wee Herman does. Messy. Messy vocal. Yes, very messy. All right. All right, all right, all right. Spoilers. Can we talk about the fucking what? What is happening in Phobos Dare? Well, so you, what, what is it? You go first, Connor. You, you, what is no, your no, theory? No, no, no. You want it? You want it to? Okay, so my okay. So here's what I think. Oh lord. Here's what I think. Before you just fucking turn it upside down. So I played the other Absur games, right? And the so Absur Games Inc. is part of the. It is like the uh, evil corporation. Right. So it is the OCP when you're playing the different games, it is the corporation that is making these different games. And from from what I understand, they appear to be some kind of like a research, like a scientific research company that takes people's like consciousness and they put it into video games for some reason. I guess this is for like, you know, A.I., like video game AI. Maybe they're trying to make better AI. I don't know what the 
that's what I don't get is like, what is the point of like taking consciousness and putting it into a video game? Like I can understand wanting to, you know, computerize somebody's, you know, entire intellect, but like, why would you put it into a bunch of goofy ass video games? That's what I don't understand. Why not, man? <laughs> why not? Wouldn't that be cool, man? Bong rip. Bong rip. <laughs> Dot no, okay. So, Connor, what what is your take on this? Okay, like, am so, I am I wrong? No, I don't like, think you're, so. My take is that the game is made. The game that you buy is made by Absur Games, but Absur Games is also inside the game as a eh. character, right? Right. So, where does the line? Where is the line between the invented Absur Games inside the game? And Absur Games, the real company that exists in the real world. So are you suggesting that the real world Absur Games is digitizing consciousness and putting it into their video games? I'm suggesting that the real world Absur Games and the Absur Games inside the game itself, there's no clear distinction yes. between what when one stops and the other begins. So you are suggesting that they are digitizing people's consciousness and putting them into games. Not it quite. could be, at least be in their mission statement to eventually happen. <laughs> so here's the thing. We, if that's your corporate mis- mission statement, you know, like, it is, that's, that's over the receptionist. Yeah. Like, we are digitizing consciousness to put into video games against their will. That's, we know that Absur is kind of weird, right? In the game, like, it, it does weird stuff that's, like... Like you're kind of you're right. It's implied that they're digitizing consciousnesses and all this stuff, but like we we don't ever see that explicitly really laid out. It's all these kinds of like illusions, and even when it's explicitly laid out, it's through these characters that have been like damaged or otherwise are like not reliable or like there's some like alternate universe thing where they've gone back in time and now something might have changed. So like it's never really like. You're never really confident that's what it is. Right. The only thing you're confident about is that you're playing a game, and in this game there's a character who is then doing something with Absur Games. Right. And you're like, okay. And then so here's the thing for me that really twigged it. Was like at some point in the game, I think it's about two thirds of the way through, you like go through one of these fetch quests and you basically get a disc that lets you boot up a computer. And then you go to the computer. And in the computer you then in the top right, there's like a, a thing to click on. And when you click on it, you jump right back to the house at the start of the game. Right. I liked that. Right? Yeah. So now you're playing a Game Boy game where the character has found a disc and gone to the computer. And that character is now playing a Game Boy game. Oh. Oh. Oh, so your character. So you're playing, playing a game inside of the game, right? Like when you clicked on saying? that, it didn't. There's no exit. It's not like you're warped. It just opened the game, and back. now you're playing. No, yeah, I assumed that it would be a warp. But thing. I like your interpretation. My interpretation is that it's it's actually you're now playing that game inside of it. Ah, so you have this kind of infinite mirror thing going. Yeah, and it just where, kind of where keeps going like that. And it just keeps going where there's just games playing games playing games. Right. And so that's like so the, that's a better interpretation. That's kind of my deal around it is that like, like by you even picking up the game, you've already given your mind and your consciousness to Absur, mm-hmm. and then it's just like how many layers deep it goes. So that's like like we've gone through this before, like with the De- Deadius and whatever. Like I just kind of want to believe whatever 
stupid narrative is yeah, okay. in front of me. No, I like this. I like this. Well, because they so the game, you know, the actual plot of the game, it has this stuff with a cult, and you like shoot your partner and all this stuff. And I, I don't like cults in like any media. I just, I think it's kind of cheap. But now that you're explaining it this way, it's like now I'm thinking like, well, maybe the cult is just like the game part, right? And like the actual like meta part is like you you never know like what's playing what exactly. It's like maybe maybe the maybe the cult part is just totally an artificial part of the story, and the real the real game is you know who is playing who, right? Yes. It's like what what iteration of of this player How character deep are, are we? Even? Like there's like well, a part right. Where, oh, go on, sorry. Maybe every time you restart the game, you're you're just you're taking another layer in that like infinite mirror kind of kind of. Right, but also, like if it. you just look up the two words in the title, you know, Phobos being like the the god of fear brought about by war, and then you look up Dare, and the freaking uh, Latin meaning about the thing. <laughs> so the, the, the dictionary definition that I see is relating to the properties of things mentioned in an assertion or expression, rather than to the assertion or expression itself. So is... I'm just as confused. It, it's confusing, like, right? But I, I think the confusion is like it's there to kind of be like, where is that line? Like, so to your point, Nick, about it being like this infinite mirror or whatever, or like you know, you're going deeper inside this kind of simulation of a simulation of a simulation, and then mm-hmm. the glitchy stuff is where it breaks down. But it's like it's kind of like a bit like Inception because like you don't know what level. The, the it's breaking down is it breaking down in the game or is it breaking down at the level a little bit higher where like i'm the game inside the game and that's just why it's fuzzy around the edges like there's a part mm-hmm. nearly just towards the end where you're basically provided with this target and you have to shoot somebody yeah but the background right. and it's duck hunt yeah it's it's, duck it's, hunt. It's, well it's, it's after the duck hunt part but like, oh no 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 no, no. yeah yeah, yeah. Right the I, i'm thinking of a different part yeah Right, and but the, yeah. the, what happens is just before that, the whole screen flashes and it says, "Colonel Panic, Absir loves you." Right, and so yes, Colonel Panic is what happens when your hardware, like, does something happens to your operating system where you cannot recover, it's like blue screen of death, right? Okay, so blue screen of death in Windows is like Colonel Panic. It's like I can't continue, but you don't know at what level of the simulation you're in, and then you see this guy superimposed upon that, so you're like okay, is this real life or is this like the simulation is presenting me with this idea that it's broken just to fuck with me or... Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bong rip. Bong rip. You, it's, it's off camera. Nice. Thank God this is a podcast because I have the largest bong you've ever seen in your life right here. It is enormous. It is like half the size of your house. Awesome. And you're just in there ripping on this bong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, it's been a fun year. Uh, thank you for doing this podcast with me. Because this is a great example of a game that if I played it by myself, I would not ne- have nearly as much fun. So getting to talk about it with uh, a couple of friends who also play the game really adds a lot of value to it. So. I want to say how much I appreciate both of you for doing this podcast with me. Thank you, dude. Thank you for dragging me along with you. I absolutely adore having (laughs) the opportunity to do this with you guys and that it's, that it's kind of become its own little 
movement or a little kind of like celeb- mini celebrity thing by itself. I don't think I ever imagined that you'd be like going to Midwest Gaming Classic <laughs> and you'd be like, oh my God, you're a real game club guy. Yeah, listen to your podcast. Yeah, right. So like we've uh, we've only got a few dozen fans, but you know what? I love every single one. Of absolutely. Them. So yeah, thank you for bringing us along with it. Like, it's absolutely your baby, and I just appreciate so much the amount of effort you put into it. So thank you for you know sharing it with us. Yeah, but if I did it by myself, it would suck. <laughs> you guys really. I think the three of us we, really. We, make the we, we put so. the little you know, salt bay on top, right? We do the little salt. That's it. <laughs> All right. Guys, uh, good talk. Good talk.